This is The Checkpoint, supported by Adidas Torex. And we are Black Trail Runners. Black Trail Runners is a community and campaigning charity seeking to improve inclusion, participation and representation of black people in trail running. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Strava by searching Black Trail Runners, on Twitter at Runners Black, or via our website blacktrailrunners.run. And you can even sign up for our trail race event, Black to the Trails, at blacktothetrails.co.uk. If something in this episode resonates with you, why not share it with us online or leave a review on the streaming platform you use as it helps our podcast to grow. Thank you for downloading this episode. Now, let's head to the conversation. So, Sab, we're here to talk about all things hills. My gosh, who who would have thought two black trail runners and females talking about all things hills <laughs> on a Tuesday on a Tuesday evening? Um, you know what? I love hills. I love hills, and I'm really happy to be here talking to you guys about it. Them. Uh, are your are, you, are your legs are your legs loving hills at the moment though? Because I know you've just come off a big mountain race. So no, my legs can- hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Rachel is alluding to, uh, on Saturday I did, it was a really lovely race. It was organized by an events company called Run, Walk, Crawl. And I will give them the kudos because they could not have been more welcoming. They could not have been, it could not have been better organized. It, it was my first mountain race in probably about a year. And if I tell you the first 10K started from Brecon and it climbed to the top of Penny Van via Cribbin, down Cribbin, up Jacob's Ladder, over to Penny Van, over to Corndu and a dislike. It was epic. Yeah, it was pretty epic and it took no prisoners. It took no, and my legs, my legs are feeling the delayed onset muscle soreness. But you know what? It was worth it because it was a truly amazing experience. And I was there with two other black trail runners. So like, what more could you want other than mountains and black trail runners? Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. And the views when you get to the top of the top of those hills, top of the mountain. Guys, you know, a lot of the questions that we're going to answer today have been around, uh, you know, of course, hill running technique, et cetera. The Brecon Beacons are my local mountain range. So it's where I go when I'm training specifically for mountain races to practice, 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 ev- practice everything we're going to speak about today. I'm fortunate in the sense that I have access. Within an hour and a half, I can be at the foot of Penny Van. Um, if you haven't been, and it is something that I want to do for the community, I want to kind of lead a kind of hike stroke run to Penny Van. But if you haven't been, go because the views, I mean, they're just to die for, especially on days like Saturday where it was warm, there was no cloud cover. Oh, it's, it's as I say, it's the closest thing to heaven being at the top of a mountain than I think you can get in this life. Have I sold it? You've sold it to me. I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> It's interesting that you say that actually about kind of your access and the fact that that's where you go to do your 
hilly trail runs because that's one of the questions that we've had through from the community is about how to train for those hilly trail races often trail races are pretty hilly when you live in a flat area um mm. uh yeah i live i live sort of very 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 north london it's technically still london because there's the tube so i'm trying i'm trying to convince myself of this and everyone else is listening it's technically the tube everyone i live i live in london technically um but it is pretty flat where i live um and often on my long runs um i have to be creative in order to get those hills in in order to get some elevation in especially if i'm training for a race that i know is gonna gonna be hilly um so yeah, so I guess the first thing that I the, the that I would say is if you do have the access, as you said, to go to a penny van or somewhere in the Lake District or wherever wherever that may be, where you can get access to those hills, even if it's a weekend trip, mm. go and do it. If that's a possibility. If it is, you know, and and we know, don't we? We know that access to these places is a big barrier for us for black people, for people of colour, for people who do not have the financial resources in order to even afford the petrol or have a car or or transport in order to get there. We know that. And I know that I'm privileged in order to be able to do that. But in our work at Black Trail Runners, what we seek to do is in order to address those, those access barriers. Now, I talk about getting to the Brecon Beacons. I really will only train at the Brecon Beacons if it's specific to the race that I'm doing. So I will I will go to that mountain range because there are elements of it that, and I know a question that came in are around a training on technical terrain. So technical terrain being in layman's turn, terrain which is a little bit more difficult to move your body across. So it might be more stony, more rocky, more craggy. Um, it might be a little bit more slippery than your normal, flatter, less obstacle-strewn trails. Would you, is that how you would, Rach, explain? When someone talks about technical terrain, normally they're talking about, you know... <laughs> things in your way that stop you moving forward in a in a in a smooth seamless manner yeah in my in my mind yeah that's a good description I kind of think of um those like lovely flowy trails where there's you know often on the south downs or you might see them sometimes on the north a little bit on the north downs where there's it's just kind of almost like a dirt road that you can just run down yeah that I would not call that technical trails pretty much anything aside from that you know, whether it be, as you said, rocks, crags, slate, if you're in the Lake District or up in Scotland, um, and then anything like roots or, yes. you know, felled trees that you have to climb over, all that kind of stuff, I, 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 I kind of pile in with technical trails. Mm. So if I'm, if I, if I have a race, and I think this is really, this is a really important point. So if I have a race that is mountainous, it is serious climbing, serious descending, um, has elements of technical terrain, then I will go to the Brecon Beacons because that's the nearest place I have that can replicate that. Um, 
Whereas if I have a trail race that isn't that, and that's why I think it's really important. I think as a coach, we're both run coaches. When I'm coaching my athletes, I, I t- say to them, whenever you can in this training cycle, if you can try and train on the ground that best replicates where your race is going to be, it just takes that element of surprise away when it comes to race day. And it's one less thing to expend energy on in terms of that anxiety around it. Yeah, 100%. And I totally agree. And that's something that I do with my athletes as well is if I know that they're training for a specific race, if we've got a race on the calendar, then often what I'll try to do is see, look at the elevation on that yes. race. So the elevation gain, how much how much you're climbing or how much you're descending, and then match that up with their long training runs. So for example, if if we're looking at a race that's maybe 50 kilometers and that's got 5,000 feet, uh, 5,000 feet. I know I've just switched metric and imperial, but stay with me because <laughs> I don't do meters. Um, so a, a call it about 100, 100 feet per um, kilometer. Then on their long runs, I'll ask them to replicate that kind of vert. So however they manage to do that, if that's on a treadmill, yeah. if that's by doing hill repeats, which is something that I have to do often in my long training runs is getting some hill repeats in the middle of a 20 mile training run just to get in that vert, then um, all the better. But yeah, very much, as you said, specify your training to what you're training for. I love that. You've just mentioned, actually, I think we may have jumped over for those people that do live in the lowlands. How, how can you get that hill training in? So is that something that, that you, that is something that's on like your weekly training cycle is that, you know, you know what you've got to get in terms of, uh, and it's like, how am I best going to get this with what I've got to play with inside and outside? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty, that's pretty much how it goes. If I see that I've got a 20 mile long run at the weekend or a 16 mile long run, I know roughly how much vert I need to get for what I personally am training for. Um, and I've been running the trails around where I live for quite a while now. So I've got quite a good, a good grasp mm. on how many times I need to go up and down certain hills in order to get that. And um, the other thing that I have done, especially when it's been like awful, awful weather at the beginning, was the beginning of this year or December, we had awful rain and the trails mm-hmm. were just boggy and yeah, not much fun to run on. I did do quite a bit of treadmill running and I would whack my treadmill up to like, between eight and 15% grade. Mm-hmm. Most treadmills will go up to 15%. Some will go up higher. Um, and I would run on the treadmill doing, doing, doing hills on the treadmill. So that is, that is very much, um, that very much counts. I know some people think the treadmill is like cheating. I'm not one of those people. Um, if you can get on a treadmill in the gym, click up on an incline, mm-hmm. practice running on it and also practice fast hiking because Especially, oh, yeah. on a, especially on a, I know you love a bit of fast hiking. Oh, love it. <laughs> especially on a longer race. And we're not just talking about ultras here, obviously. We are talking about trail races from, you know, 5K upwards. Yeah. But e- even in a 10K race, you might find, especially if it's a hilly race, you might find that you do have to hike some of the hills. So yes, it's great to practice running up them, but pa- practicing that fast hiking and also that transition from running to fast hiking, I think is really important. And you can do that on a treadmill. Um, so treadmill is something that I would suggest if you're, if you live, um, on the flat stairs, mm-hmm. up and down stairs, put on a weight vest, go up and down yeah. your stairs. Um, f- if you're in an office building, 
up and down on those stairs, people might look at you strangely, but there are probably fewer people in the office anyway. So yeah, not yeah. such not not such a big deal. Um, also, certain strength and conditioning exercises can kind of approximate that um, power that you're going to need to get up the hill. So yeah. things like um, reverse lunges off a step. Yeah. My coach, my coach has some has um, a an exercise that he that he calls mountain mountain legs, um, which is essentially that it's a reverse lunge and a step up it's a reverse lunge and a step up and I think mm-hmm. I think I actually have I put it in one of my um one of our YouTube strength and conditioning yeah. classes so um anyone can check that out on our Black Trail Runners YouTube page YouTube I said that weirdly YouTube 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 YouTube, <laughs> YouTube. YouTube page um yeah so there are there are ways to get around it and as I said if you if you find that you do have access to a hillier region you know, that's an hour, a couple of hours away. Or for example, if you have a friend who lives somewhere else where, where you've got access to those bigger hills and you can make a bit of a weekend out of it, I would really encourage you to do so. And again, it doesn't have to be every weekend. If you can get a few key sessions in with mm. some good elevation, that's all you need. It doesn't have to be every week necessarily. Mm. And and that's the key thing is that what you want to be doing is, is to, because I know that someone asked the question um around if you have to get some vert in so vert by vert we mean vertical ascent basically you have to get some incline in is it better to do hill repeats on one stretch of land or is it better to try and find a trail where there are ups and downs to be honest with you it very much depends on what phase of training you're in. So it might be that your coach or the training plan that you're following, it wants you to tire during those hill repeats. So therefore up and down, you know, going up, you know, a a specific effort or a specific perceived level of exertion and then recovering down and repeating that over repeats because what what the, the session might want you to do is then try and run off that so how how does it feel running off those kind of hill repeats and tireder legs or it might be that your coach just wants you to over the course of a couple of miles or a 10k or what it might be know that when you get to a hill that you want to be working hard up it and recovering on the run so you know there is no there are no hard and fast rules really when it comes to hill training but i personally believe getting stronger on the hills translates massively to how strong and faster you are on the flats if that's your goal nothing has transformed my flat running more than going through a training cycle that includes for me significant vert sometimes it feels like I'm running on a treadmill without the level of effort when I'm running flat after doing hills or after coming through a hill training cycle so what I say to the women especially that I coach is like it's a hill get over it because there's so much fear sometimes around tackling hills as part of our training sessions there's so much fear around I can't run it all and what I would say is actually as you've said Rach more so these days I will fast hike hills especially on those longer runs because I don't want to be absolutely spent at the top I want to be able to run off them and there are certain gradients of hills that it's just not economical for me in my journey to run up 
Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I would also say that if you are, and this kind of feeds into another question that we had about descending, is that um, if you're able to power hike up a specifically a, 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 an especially steep hill, it does give you a bit more to play with on the descent. So for yes. example, I, I would say that in terms of your your quads, so your quadricep muscles, your thigh muscles, you're going to trash those way more on a downhill oh, than yeah. you are than you are on an uphill. So saving saving your legs a little bit for the downhills um is also really helpful. Mm. And you will find out really quite quickly. So I know that I'm an ascender, I'm a strong ascender. Um, because I have a fear, maybe it's the 44-year-old mother of four and grandmother of three in me, and maybe it is the fact that I have fallen on descents um, that that makes me more trepidatious on the downs. Um, so often I will find, and I've come to accept it, and it's okay, that I will be taken over on descents. That doesn't stop me practicing going fast. And actually, I was at the running show last week um, or two weeks ago with Emma, and we discussed... Um, we discussed descending and she was giving kind of tips on body position on, on descents. And there is that kind of that school of thinking, which I absolutely agree with, which is kind of almost allowing yourself to fall forward, getting those hips over the feet rather than kind of sitting back into it and put in that, that pressure through the knees and quads, which is like every step you take is ow, ow, ow. Um, I know I am much better. Maybe it's due because I've got a big arse. I don't know. But I <laughs> I am a good ascender. In every every race I've done this year, people have commented on how fast and strong I ascend because I know that that's my hill running or hill hiking skill. I can take over people on the ascent. I can run off that. I just need to continue to work on my descents. So... I think there's something in knowing what element of hill running, whether it's ascending or descending, that is your area of strength so that you, you yes, you can continue to build that, but also you know where your areas of weaknesses are. Because I know descending is something I need to continually practice to become more confident with to allow myself that forward falling motion. Yeah, well, as exactly as you said, that forward falling—that's that's that's what I, I say to people that um, descending is more is is more like controlled falling yes. than it is anything else on, especially on steep trails. So I like I like descending trails when they're smooth. So when, <laughs> not not those te- like technical a technical downhill is like my worst nightmare. I, I go down it like Bambi on ice. <laughs> And most of the time it's because I'm concerned about dentistry because dentistry is really expensive. I, I, like, <laughs> I thought when you said den- I thought when you said dentistry, I thought that was like a play on your surname. Like I'm oh, den- dentistry. dentistry. No. I'm concerned no. about the dentistry. No, it's just having my teeth knocked out yeah. because dentistry is really expensive. So that's basically what I'm thinking about when I'm descending, which is not helpful to anybody and isn't making me any faster in a sense. <laughs> and much like you, it's something that I'm working on. Um, and the only way that, and people keep people have asked me this again and again and again, the only way to get faster on technical descents is to practice technical descents. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. And it, there is no, honestly, we're not here to, I mean, I hope that we certainly, I really hope we give you some, some, some tips and some things to practice, but it ain't rocket science, people. It really isn't. Um, and again, I guess in terms of that, practice on let's talk continue to talk about descents how I've gone about it in my journey is 
I maybe have been in the Brecon Beacons or I have been in Snowdonia or I have been on some kind of technical descent closer to home. And what I've done is I have, in order to build that confidence, I've started just a little bit up the hill and run down it a bit faster. And then I've just taken more steps up and come down it. So it's, it's, it's almost like teaching a child to walk. It's like, well, come here and do that bit and feel confident. And then we'll take you a little bit higher and do that bit. And, but it is about, it's just about practice, 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 practice. The more you practice, the more you will develop that confidence. The the, the more your body will start to anticipate what's happening as well. Um, I know a question we were asked is around, um, or certainly a question that I was asked is around uh, injury prevention, going up hills and down hills. And one area that I am weak, and it's an area I constantly have to work on, is rolling my ankle. When mm-hmm. I have been on technical terrain and I've maybe been a little bit like Bambi on ice or I haven't anticipated how that stone might move, is that I've rolled my ankle. Now, when you roll your ankle and you're trying to go downhill as well, I just think that adds a kind of different element to it. I don't know whether you have experienced within your trail running journey, Rachel, or whether with any of the athletes that you coach, any kind of injuries that have impact their, impacted their ability to ascend and descend hills. Or is there anything that we should look out for? Um, in terms of injuries, as you said, ankle rolls, but that's, I think that's probably just generally General. trail running. Yeah. But yeah, w- the big factor, and I don't mean to gender this, but it's, it's anecdotally what I found is that my female athletes tend to have a lot more fear mm. around the descending than my male athletes. And often, I mean, I did trans Gran Canaria pre-COVID, so whatever year that was, 1900 and whatever, mm. pre-COVID. And um I I loved hiking uphill and was really strong on the uphill and the downhills. I mean, it's a mount, it's mountains. Uh, honestly, these men were just flying yeah. past me like 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 little mountain goats. They were just gone, and these were de- these were descents that I was like, if I try yeah. and go at any kind of speed here, I'm going to be at the bottom of this mountain. Mm. And p- part of it is getting over that fear and. I mean, I've gotten better, but I, I think it is. it takes time. It really does take time. And that's fine. I think being okay with people flying past you and maybe feeling like you are going slowly on the descents, like, that's okay. That's, that's okay. your journey. Like, that's, that's absolutely fine. You're out there to enjoy yourself. You're not out there to, like, fling yourself down a mountain before you feel prepared to do so. So mm. I would just say really try and get to grips with your technique and thinking about a fast turnover with your feet so that the idea is that what we called it kind of controlled falling. The idea is that you put one foot down and then it's down for such a short period of time that even if you're down on an unstable base, it doesn't matter because your next foot is coming down straight away. So it's such a quick turnover that even if you're on a you know a rocky a, um, a rocky mountainside or whatever, and that ground is moving underneath you because your legs are turning over so quickly. It 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 doesn't you're not going to fall because you've got that momentum. So I think um, that advice that you gave Sab was really good. Start you know going up a little bit of a hill and then running yeah. down it and getting more confident because I th- so much of this yes there is a technique involved, but your technique will improve as your confidence improves. Absolutely, and and. 
Another thing that I practice when I kind of first started doing more hilly routes and hilly races is getting yourself um, in the mind of a child as well. If you watch a child run down a hill, they are arms out to the side for balance. And they are, it is that kind of falling forward without falling, without falling. And, you know, the reason that they put their arms out, it's a balance thing. You know, the the fundamentals of running, the fundamentals of technique is the ABC. It's agility, balance, and coordination, you know, but especially for, um, for people of a certain age, let's say balance becomes a real issue. Who are you talking about, Sabrina? (laughs) I'm actually, I'm actually talking about myself. (laughs) I'm talking about, and there are, there are, there are things. And again, it's something that Emma and I discussed at the national running show a couple of weeks ago, but there are such simple things that you can do that can really impact upon falling you know, ascending, descending, falling forward with intent without falling, little things you can do at home, brushing your teeth, standing on one leg, stand on one leg for a minute, swap leg, other leg for a minute, close, you know, start closing your eyes while you do that. Incorporate these exercises that will help A, with balance, but B, with your proprioception as well, ankle strengthening. And it all, it all helps you in this building of technique, in this confidence with technique. Again, that fear, that fear of being unbalanced, that fear of standing on that stone and maybe not lifting your leg up quick enough and your your leg turning, your ankle turning and, and feeling out of control, that's then when other muscles in the body start to kick in. How strong is your core? You know, how can you right yourself if you're just about to fall? You know, the amount of times that I've fallen tripped over a tree root in the ground, but because I do the work, the, the work on the whole body, that my core has been able to bring me back so I haven't face planted and had to pay out for expensive dentistry. (laughs) It really, you know, I I don't think I can stress enough the importance, as, as, as you've already mentioned, Rachel, of that strength and conditioning. You know, Rachel mentioned at the beginning of this, I'm currently suffering with DOMS from my mountain trail race. I know, had I done more single leg work, you know, the reverse lunges, the forward lunges, the lateral lunges, the standing stance to jump, the power. I know that my legs may not be feeling as bad. You have to be incorporating those strength exercises that absolutely go hand in hand with the the terrain of, of, of which you want to run on. And it's, you know, that stuff, it's very, very easy to do a Google search and find it online. And as Rachel alluded to, we did a couple of sessions. Was it in 2020, Rach? I don't even know. I don't know what year where it is now, d- mate. Yeah, where we did our sessions that we filmed on the Black Trail Runners YouTube channel. So there's there's content that you can follow there as well. Yeah, I, 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 I like to say do the prehab so you don't have to do the rehab. There you go. That's, that's a gem. I've never heard that one from you before. Well done. There you go. Have that one for free. <laughs> um, so speaking of kind of becoming more confident descending, we've had a couple of questions from people about poles. Poles. Oh my I God. Like a, we're, not, we're not talking about electro, <laughs> electoral poles. We're not getting into that today. <laughs> I definitely should take up stand up. When 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 this when this when this running coaching goes down the pan, I don't think stand up <laughs> should be my, my my next my next stop. Um, so yes, running with poles and poles can help on uphills and on downhills. 
if you know how to use them. That's mm. my, that's kind of my big caveat with polls. Mm. Um, you'll see a lot of people using them um, on on kind of mainland Europe. On yes. they're, they're big in in, big. in European races. Yeah. You see less people using them here, but it, I think it is becoming, I don't know, anecdotally, I feel like it is becoming a bit more common. Um, so the, the race that I did recently on the North Downs, there were a couple of people who were using them and they may have been practicing to use them for a mountainous race, mm-hmm. either in the UK or Europe. Um, so I've used polls a couple of times. And I would say for me, the big takeaway was... Um, make sure that they're the right height. Oh, like yes. I'm so glad you said that. The first thing. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that. Um, absolutely imperative. I use poles when I know that there is going to be specific uh, challenging sections of vert. Um, I started using poles when I was training for um, TDS, one of the UTMB races. And I started using them because my coach, Damien, had said, you might want to think about some poles. I was like, what the hell are poles? And why would I do that? I'm not a 65 year old man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I use a brand called Black Diamond and um, they are for my correct height. So they're adjustable. Um, But actually you can get different sizes even even with the adjustable. That's so important. It's so important that you are not trying to tackle hills or tackle terrain with poles that are either too big or too small for you. You're just adding another complication into what can be for beginners quite a complicated thing to get your head around the use of poles when you're racing. Yeah, 100%. I think it's easy to kind of to think that it is just like almost having two walking sticks. Mm. But there is a real technique that goes with pole pole running and hiking. Um, So I would say YouTube is your friend in this in this instance have a have a look at some youtube videos um there is a company called um mountain run who do have a good have a good um youtube video look at a couple of beginner videos before you actually take your poles to the hills and just practice them practice using them on flat ground you may feel like a bit of a dick but it doesn't Mm. matter because because we're all here to learn right so practice on flat ground and then you can start to once you've again once you've got the technique down, then pro- pro- progress it into hills and above mountains, etc. Mm. Um, yeah, so much of it is 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 about the technique because otherwise you're actually making it harder for yourself. Yeah, and you see people um, certainly. I know one question we had is that we have a couple of listeners who um, who are doing kind of their first kind of like mountainous kind of races. My advice as a coach would be absolutely not. If you have not run or done any of that with poles before, don't make your first race that race where you try and go and test. Unless, unless that is the aim of the race. It's it's not to it's not to race. It's just it's a training run and and you're happy to you're happy to test out the use of poles there. But I mean, I would certainly go along your um, point of view, Rachel, in terms, and that's how I first got into poles. So I did a Nordic walking one day course. Me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We haven't, we haven't prepared this. Listeners, we have not prepared this. We have not. No, I did that because I really, I went and did a recce for um, a race called UTS, Ultra Trail Snowdonia. And when I was there, there was a lot of men using poles um snowdonia you know can be pretty pretty hairy pretty spicy 
And I didn't have any. And I, I saw some of those men. I mean, they were flying up these ascents and down them with the use of poles. And I just wanted to really understand how best to use them for my body and really understand the fundamentals of you know, how many steps do I take per pole move? When do I maybe start double polling it? You know, and really, we can't show you because we're on a podcast. The <laughs> best place to go is to YouTube, as Rachel has said. And and I would say, if you really, really want to hone that technique and have the the means to, you can, you can do, I mean, I think the Nordic walking course for the day for me, it was done by a lady. I think it was like 30 quid and we had sandwiches within that as well. Um, so you just had sandwiches and I got hungry. (laughs) So take the time. If, if, if polls are something that you really want to understand and you really want to learn the best way to use them for you, I would take some, um, some tutelage. Is that the right word? on it um because they really can be a game changer the more again we're going to use say it again the more I practice and use them there was one race that I threw my poles to the side because (laughs) I was super tired I um I was just in a really bad headspace and we all have races like, and when you've got a big long thing, it's very easy to be overly dramatic and kind of throw them and blame the poles. It's never the fault of the poles. It's the fault of the user, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) So poles poles really can be your friend. Um, And Rachel's absolutely right. The last couple of races I've done here in the UK, um, more people I think I've seen with poles either in their backpack or using them than I've probably ever seen before. So I think that European um, way to race, way to fast hike is translating over here to the UK because people are seeing that if you if you take time to understand and practice how to use them correctly, they can be really, really beneficial and actually take a lot of pressure off when you're getting tired, but only if you understand even how to hold them, how to, you know, you can get poles that have kind of gloves attached to them, or you can get poles that have kind of wrist straps. And I remember when I first started using my poles, someone said to me, you're not, your your hands aren't even in the straps the right way, Sabrina. You know, your, your, your palm should be pressing down into that rather than you. I didn't, I didn't understand that. So that's why I, yeah, that's why I did choose to kind of invest in the Nordic walking course as well. Yeah, I, I found I found I found it really useful. I mean, I've only used poles in a couple of races, and um, they are currently stowed underneath my bed now um, because I've decided I'm most definitely not a mountain runner. But um, the other thing I would say uh, about about poles is learning how to, and again, this depends on the model, but learning how to pack them away and put them oh in your my God, pack. Yeah. So it's all that kind of additional faff that you need to think about. So it's not just the the the, the walking with them or the no. hiking or the running. It's also the packing them up, putting them back, taking them yeah. out and getting used to all of that. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by practicing. Yeah. And it's so, it is so, it's so different for every, um, every piece of equipment. So for example, I'm doing the spine in a month and the pole. um, Oh my gosh, in a month, in a month. (laughs) Yeah, it's in a month. The pole storage um, is different to my, in the ultimate direction pack that I'm going to be using. It's, It's at the rear. So at the weekend, 
just gone in my mountain race, I practiced on the race how to, and this sounds silly, but it's just one of those things, but how to take one shoulder off my pack to take one pole out the back and then change position so that I could keep walking while getting my poles out and then stowing them away when I didn't. And there's a real, it's a real technique, you know, to practice that because you don't want to lose time in stopping all the time and then starting and then because you want to be that relentless forward motion, but you can get yourself in a right kerfuffle trying to you know, and then you get angry and then you use more energy and you start to hate yourself because it's like, I can't even get a pole in a pack. So, and then you throw your poles in the ground, you throw your poles in the ground. And yeah, so all of that stuff matters. All of that stuff, if you're going to have poles, you need to know how to carry them appropriately and efficiently as well. Yeah. And also you don't have to have poles. You don't. Like that's, that's the, that's, that's the other thing that I would say is that if you try them out and you find they're not for you, that's absolutely cool. It doesn't make you any less of a trail runner. Um, and yeah, some people get along with them and some people don't. And either way is cool. Yeah. And some people, you know what? It's like a little blanket. It's like a little security blanket. Some people just like having their poles just on them, just as a little security blanket. And some people don't need that, you know, because they actually have their little security blanket in their pack that they can Which they hug. should the mandatory as mandatory part of the mandatory kit, kit list. <laughs> Speaking of mandatory kit, a slight, slight, slight left turn, but your mandatory kit for the spine is pretty mad, right? It's, ma- it's mad. So I'm just basically holding up now to Rachel. Um, it's it's a 20-page document. Oh, my gosh. And, um, and then it has kind of conditions at the front. And, yeah, I mean, it's everything from actually poles aren't one of the mandatory kit but it's you know backpack compass maps knife I bought the knife today a knife I had to buy a pen knife today goggles or safety glasses head torch jackets trousers like yeah I mean it's it's yeah there are 17 there's 21 20 yeah there's like yeah there's about 30 pieces of kit um, you're gonna be like a little snail carrying all your stuff I, in I your am, back I am and this is what I'm starting to practice is 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 running hiking moving my body forward in a joyful way with weight on my back um mm. you know it's basically how I'm seeing the spine is the UK equivalent of the marathon day sub <laughs> yeah without, without yeah. the dunes without the sand and without the heat so um yeah yeah, I mean, you might have the heat in mid-June. Yeah, I mean, last, last year they had heat there. Um, I think with the spine, it's funny because some of the sections of the spine that my coach has asked me to recce have been the specifically vertical bits. Um, mm-hmm. And and I guess one of the things, again, talking about hills, I would say is it's okay sometimes to have four points of contact. <laughs> sometimes even <laughs> even Sometimes even five if you just need to rest your head as you climb. Um, I have been known to be called by Simba Reshmagumba um, a mountain goat because of how I can ascend particularly steep hills. I like to be confident in having four points of contact. And that's okay. However, you need to get to the top. If you need to yeah. climb, you need to climb. Spider-Man it, Spider-Woman it. Absolutely. Spider, no, Spider-Person it. Yeah, yeah. No one is going to be looking down, or they might look down at you if they're above you and they're walking, <laughs> nor- they're running normally and you're on all but fours. But they're unlikely. But to be fair, if you're on all fours, you're more likely to be above them because you've probably passed them because you're going so quickly. Exactly. So you, you, exactly. you can look down on them. 
exactly. So however you need to get up those hills in a joyful manner and in one piece is ultimately the best the best way to do it. Um, I'm just having a quick flick through our questions just to check to see if we've missed anything. The only we thing I a... think is bre- we haven't covered... Yes, breathing. Breathing. Great minds think and like Sabrina. Yeah, breathing tips. So, um, so yeah. Definitely breathe. Do it <laughs> would be my first tip. Make sure you continue to breathe. Like, yeah, I mean, I. it's probably quite good that I did the race on Saturday, but at one point ascending, my heart rate was so high, it was banging in my ears. And it was hot as well. And it, it was, was hot. hot. Well. And I just had to keep saying to myself, Sabrina, don't be a bleep head, because it was really, really important that I didn't burn all of my matches on that ascent. Mm. So what I mean by that is if you are constantly working at a heart rate level that is pushing like anaerobic, you know, but it's out, it's, it's really, you're starting to redline it. You have to listen. It's so important to listen to your body, whether you rely on a watch, whether you're listening to your body, your heart rate, your breathing, it's important to manage that. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble in in not being able to move forward, not in starting to panic, starting to hyperventilate, having to sit down a lot more when you're at that red line level than you would have if you had just pulled it back a bit, maybe slowed down the ascent, maybe take some more deep breaths, remind yourself that it's your choice to be here. All of these little things impact upon how our body reacts to these climbs. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with you. And I think, um, again, not to sound like a broken record, but the more hills that you do, the more hill repeats that you do in your training, the more you are specific with your elevation in terms of the race or the challenge that you're training for, the easier your breathing is going to be. You're, you're, what you might find when you start training is that you run a hill and you're at like 170 BPM, mm. so high. Mm. Three or four weeks into hill training, you might find that that comes down to 155. Your heart rate, generally speaking, is always going to be higher on a hill than it will be on the flat. So that's one thing that I would say that if you're doing heart rate training, and I know some people like to do like a zone zone two training and like, you know, staring at that heart rate monitor on their wrist is just be prepared for that because unless you go straight down into a, a hike I mean, maybe not even a power hike, but just a hike up a hill, your heart heart rate is going to go up. It is. And that's okay. So for example, sometimes I set set athletes an easy run and they'll come back and they'll say, oh, but my heart rate wasn't, was was like out of zone two on the hills. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. Your heart rate will be out, out, like will be up. But then hopefully on the descent, you'll find that it starts to come down. And that again is an indication of fitness. So as you become fitter, that heart rate will start to come down even on the ascents. Mm. Unless you're, mm. I mean, unless you're, you know, um, Killian Jornet, you're probably, you're probably, you're probably not going to be, I was going to say Killian Murphy, but he's in Peaky Blinders. I don't know if he's That's a mountain true. runner. He might He's be. a runner. He's a runner. I don't know if he's a mountain runner. Is he? Yeah, he's oh, a runner. We should, we, we should get we him should, on the podcast. We should get him on. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. And it is years and years of, of, of training you 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 see it and actually 
even again at the weekend, ascending, um, ascending one of the hills and, and feeling strong ascending and listening to the body when the heart rate was getting a little bit too high and, and taking the power hike back to just a normal hike, just bringing the heart rate down even by a couple of beats, being able to breathe in and out slowly, rem- remind myself why I'm there. All of these things, when I got to the top and coming down, almost just helped bring down that heart rate even, even quicker, you know, and and that that just is something as a adaptation to training that just happens cycle after cycle. It doesn't come all at once. You are not going to do a hill one week and be absolutely gasping for air, heart rate high, and then just do a couple more hill sessions and suddenly you are Killian Shawnee. Like it's not going to happen. It takes time, and time is your friend when it comes to hill. The more time you give it, the more friendlier hills will feel. Yeah, that's yeah, and I think that's so true. Not just with hills, but any all, all training. This adaptation it comes over years. So you 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 might find that what you were doing, you know, three years ago, is impacting your running now. Yeah, it's the long. It's the long. We're all playing the long game here. So consistency and practice. Mm. Don't be fearful. Like, mate, you know, it's a hill get over it. The hills are our friends. That's the other thing I shout at my women as I'm coaching them. The hills are our The hills friends. are alive. The hills are alive with the sound of whatever it is, the sound you want to heavy make. Heavy breathing, the, the sound of heavy breathing. But, you know, they're there for a reason. And ultimately, you know, there is no better feeling as a runner, as a hiker, as someone that kind of someone that opens their arms to hills of being at the top and just knowing that you got yourself there like you know why why would you not incorporate that into your training is is what I think there's there's nothing better but maybe that's because I'm just I just love them no I think there is there really is something about getting to the top of a hill or finding that you're running a hill that you never thought you'd run or yeah. even that you're running a little bit more of a hill that you you've maybe been running in training and you're like oh my gosh I can yeah. get to this tree now and I couldn't get to it before it is a re- it is a real tangible feeling of progress and gives you loads of confidence so yeah as Sabrina said get out there and have a play have a play, play on the hills because remember this is all supposed to be fun yeah it's supposed to be fun and you know what if it's not fun and if you just think you know what I've tried on a couple of hills they're not for me I'm not enjoying this process I'm miserable when I don't run them just you know keep away from them if that's what you want but but you know it, it should be fun it should be joyful and we're here for a good time not a long time and um yeah I don't know what else to say <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for a final. I was oh, waiting for you to like do a do do a, do something, and then I would just hit stop recording, and it would like sign off, and it would just be golden. Um, hey, hey, here's a sign off. Does our you've wrecked our Dunstable Downs Black to the Trails route? There are some hills in the you- Black to the Trails route. Yes, so I would say. Yeah, bring your bring your bring your your breathing techniques and bring your practice to Dunstable Downs. It is very runnable, so don't get too scared. But there are a couple of hills, couple Lovely. of ascents, couple of ascents, and yeah, a prime opportunity to practice. There you go. Couldn't sign off with a better thing than that, really. We'll be doing some more of these um, podcasts on techniques and tips. So if there is anything that you have a burning desire to know about in terms of trail running 
then drop us a line either on Instagram, where at Blake Blackchar Runners, or in our Facebook group. Absolutely. So look out for these how-tos from us kind of once every four to five weeks is when we're kind of planning on on penciling those in. And yeah, we are here to help you in any way that we can in order to make your experience of trail running the most joyful and fun that it can be. So yeah, hit us up with any more ideas that you have. Have a great run, everybody. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you for joining us at The Checkpoint. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and share online. Also, please remember to leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected, as it really helps our podcast to grow. Your support helps make this podcast possible. Remember, if you have any questions, get in touch with us via our Instagram page at Black Trail Runners or... If you want to join our community, please search Facebook for Black Trail Runners and connect with us.